This morning, we have two scripture readings. The first is from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 through 16. For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I'd like to thank the youth again for that rendition of the 13th cookie and reminding us to be kind at all times. Well, I thank you for that. Um, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to hear God's word this morning. Let us give thanks that God has awakened us and given us the opportunity to once again be in his presence and to praise him. The sermon title this morning is Shepherding the Sheep. Shepherding God's sheep. It is about love. Shepherding God's sheep is love. Birds sing about it. Poets pen poems about it. And singers sing songs about it. What is it? It is love. A good shepherd always learns ways of tending to his sheep. In the spring of 1980, a country singer named Johnny Lee recorded a song entitled, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places, putting music to what many people 
live out day after day searching for love. The chorus line of the song goes like this. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in many faces, searching their eyes, looking for traces of what I was dreaming of, hoping to find a friend and a lover. I'll bless the day I discover another heart looking for love. Love, 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 we seek it. Everybody wants it, everybody seeks it. Many of us look for love in all the wrong places. Sometimes we think we're going to find it in places that we shouldn't even be looking in. Uh, many places, are, many people are searching for love. David speaks of love uh, that the shepherd gives as speaks of God's love when uh, David was speaking of the 23rd Psalm. Love is something that we all need. Love is necessary for us. Love is necessary for us to thrive. Love is an important thing that we that tells us that we are important and valued when we are connected to another person. Love is essential to life. There is scientific proof that love is important. Love is sometimes conveyed through touch. And many of us, when we couldn't see each other during COVID and we couldn't touch each other, being with our loved ones is something that we've missed the most because we learned at that time that we valued it the most, it is important now for us to keep those connections. And so families are being family to each other and connecting with each other in ways that they couldn't do before when COVID was hidden, hit, had hit the hardest. It's picking back up now, however, we are still trying to find ways to stay connected. Staying connected with someone is important. Um, I don't know if you've heard of failure to thrive syndrome, but uh, at one point in time, a study was done by scientists that uh, noted when uh, children who were in orphanages, if they left them in their cradles and only touched them to change their diaper or to feed them, they failed to thrive. Also, there's another failure to thrive that happens to the elderly. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when an elderly person is, is not visited or is put away in a home that they seem to fail to thrive? Sometimes their organs are shutting down, but sometimes they are shutting down because they don't have that social connection. No one comes to visit them. I learned as I was a, um, as I, when I did um, outreach therapy with senior citizens, I visited a lot of nursing homes and what I noticed that was more important to, to those in the nursing home was having that connection. 
I remember and recall many, many people saying, they put me here and they don't even come to see me. They don't call me. There is no connection. And even the workers uh, had a hard time connecting with, with some of the, the patients that were there or some of the uh, residents in the nursing home um, because they couldn't move uh, about as much as they, they wished to. Sometimes they would be left in a chair for hours or left in a way that they could not see or hear anything. And so it became important to point out that they needed to be facing the door or in rooms with, where there were other people about. Um, and they noticed that they could not, they were not thriving. Uh, failure to thrive is real. I know it's real because I've seen the decline of people who don't have the connection. Call your loved ones, go to visit them, do Zoom calls or other video calls. A chat, a smile, uh, just dropping by, sending cookies or sending something that makes the connection is important. Failure to thrive can be found in anyone, not just babies and the elderly, but us. We realized when we were shut, uh, when the uh, cities were shut down, when church was shut down, we could not be with our loved ones. Um, witnessing that failure to thrive syndrome became different for me. When I lived in Lexington and was serving a church in Lexington, there was a baby that was born, um, and I don't know who the family is even to this day. I don't remember the name. Uh, however, the baby was born to a mother who was an addict. She was on crack cocaine, and the baby did not have the organs functioning as well as the, uh, uh, should be. However, they didn't give the baby a very good prognosis of life because that baby was not um, going to survive. However, the strangest thing happened, uh, and this was around Christmas time, beautiful little baby girl born to a mother who could not give her the love, even when the baby was in the womb, could not give the baby what she needed. But the family, the friends of the family, and then eventually the community began to respond. The community came out and they held that baby. They rocked that baby. They sang to that baby. They changed her diaper and fed that baby. And do you know, the baby survived for, I believe it was over a month. The baby was expected to die within hours of being born. That's what the doctor's had prognosis was. But that is not what happened. That love, that attention, and that care, the touching, made a difference for that one child. So the life that that child did have was more 
of a happy one, even though she wasn't going to survive. But the love that was left after the baby died, the connection the family made, the family came together. And the woman who had given birth began to see that. The family began to show love and the family came from all parts of the country, not just the ones who lived in the city where she was, but families traveled and came to the bedside to be with her and with her baby. Friends came, the community responded, the connection was overwhelming. That was love. Love is the connection. Love is valuing another person and valuing human life and saying, I care about you and I need you to survive. That woman got herself cleaned up. The community worked together to clean up the neighborhood. It was something I had never witnessed before, but the love that was shown there was more than we could ever ask for or imagine. People look for love in all the wrong places. They look for love in money. They look for love in fame. They look for love in places that they don't need to be looking at, in the bottom of a whiskey bottle or a wine bottle, getting themselves on crack cocaine and can't get off. But David, knew the importance of having a shepherd in his life. You know, God always is walking with us and God gives the assurance that we are loved and we will be cared for. When you go to the 23rd Psalm and you look at the 23rd Psalm, it tells you about God's love God's love shepherds the soul of people. When you say the words to the 23rd Psalm, we're spe it speaks to us. Not only do we hear it with our ears, but we hear it with our hearts and our spirit. I found another kind of a rendition of um, the 23rd Psalm that I want to lift up to you at this time. The Lord is my shepherd because I lack nothing. In green pastures, God lets me graze to safe waters and leads me to in ways that restores my strength. It is God, you, my God, you guide me along the paths for the, your name's sake. And even though I walk in the darkest valleys in my life, I fear no evil, for you are continually by my side. You are my rod, you are my staff, and you give me courage. Yet you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies while they watch. 
you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will dwell in your house forever and ever and ever. That's love. God is love. God speaks love. God gives love. God is love. God will never give up on us. God will never forsake us. God is a provider. God is a deliverer. God will love no matter what. No matter what you will have done, no matter who you are, you cannot escape God's love. Even when you think you have messed up royally, God will always be there and love you just as much. Now, God may not like what you did or what you do, but God does not give up. We need to imitate that love. God loved us so much that God gave us the baby Jesus. Oh, the sweet baby Jesus. God gave us the sweet baby Jesus in a manger. And every time you look at a baby, it doesn't have to be Christmas, but a baby is a, remi is a re reminder of that love that God gave. God could not be with us, but God gave us Jesus. It takes a lot of love, it takes a lot of patience to shepherd a soul and we're like herding cats. Have you ever heard of herding cats? It is not an easy job. We, the people, God's people, God's beloved people, sometimes we act like cats. We go this way, we go that way, but we never go the way that we were told to go. Love is not selfish, but love doesn't have to be blind either. Love has no boundaries. The love gives hope. Sometimes love can be tough. Sometimes love is hard. But always love. Learn to love more, to give more. And maybe one day the person that you're trying to love will know and figure out that they are important and that you need them to survive. Love, always love like God because love gives hope and we all need hope. Love also gives joy. We talk about peace, we talk about joy, we talk about hope. And now we're talking about love. The greatest thing of all is love. It's only a four-letter word. Very short, but very powerful. Love, because God always loves. Amen. <laughs>